In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, the living word says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. This is the living word. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the love you've bestowed upon us, Lord, unworthy as we are. Thank you, God, for never failing us and for always loving us, Lord. Please, Father, be with each and everyone listening today, Lord. Please, Lord, cleanse my heart and mind of all sin. And, Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. Please, Father, bless each and everyone listening today. In the powerful name of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. In John 3, verse 16, the living word says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In order to fully realize the value of redemption, it is necessary to understand what it costs. The majority of people just focus on Jesus being in a tomb for three days and think that this was a sacrifice made. But there was even a greater sacrifice made by the Son of God for us. What was Jesus before he came to earth? In John chapter 1 verses 1 to 3, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made. Let's fast forward to verse 14. The Bible says, And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus was 100% pure divine, listeners, pure divinity. He was fully and completely divine. So when Jesus came to earth, he gave up his first estate of a purely divine being and became a human. But did Jesus become a human for 33 years? No. Look at what Jesus said after his resurrection in Luke chapter 24, verse 39. The Bible says, Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me have. And in John chapter 20, verses 24 to 27, the living word says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. 
But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the door being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, the living word says, For there is one God, and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. In Desire of Ages, page 25, it says, By his life and his death, Jesus has achieved even more than recovery from the ruin wrought through sin. It was Satan's purpose to bring about an eternal separation between God and man. But in Christ, we become more closely united to God than if we had never fallen. In taking our nature, the Savior has bound himself to humanity by a tie that is never to be broken. Through eternal ages, he is linked with us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him not only to bear our sins and to die as our sacrifice. He gave him to the fallen race to assure us of, of his immutable counsel of peace. God gave his only begotten son to become one of the human family forever to retain his human nature. Jesus was revealing to his disciples that he still has the human nature after his resurrection. So Jesus now has the human nature for all eternity. Yes, he is still the divine son of God. But he has retained his human nature, which means he is no longer 100% purely divine, but now also human. This means that Christ eternally died to his first estate as a purely divine being, and he now forever has the human nature. What a sacrifice. What love. This now brings Hebrews chapter 4, listeners, verses 15 to 16, closer to my heart, and gives me great hope. It says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Nothing we go through, listeners, Jesus does, not un Jesus does not understand. He understands it all and knows. That's why verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. A great sacrifice, listeners, has been made for us all. There awaits an eternal 
and eternal life of indescribable of indescribable of indescribable joy for all who accept God's great gift of love. And today the question is, listeners, will you accept that gift? Today, listeners, I just want to highlight a few of so many points in the living word of God of the love of our Heavenly Father. Today's presentation title, Do You Know Him? In the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 to 29, here's what the living word says. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. What speaks to me on this question, Acts listeners, is many today have the wrong idea of who God is. Do you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Peter knew the opinion of the crowd. While it was comp complimentary towards Jesus, it wasn't accurate. Jesus was much more than John the Baptist or Elijah, or a prophet. He was more than a miracle worker. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Calling Jesus the Messiah was right on the mark, but easily misunderstood. In the thinking of most people in Jesus' day, the Messiah was a political and national super, superman. Is Jesus your friend, listeners? Is Jesus your all? Do you know him and accept him as your personal savior? We love to focus on the blessings, but we forget in 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 where it says, All that live godly will suffer persecution. Jesus said, The servant is not greater than his master, than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, the Bible says, And the dragon was wrought with the woman, the church, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Satan is at war with God's church. If we don't understand and know is a spiritual warfare and unseen enemies all around us, then who gets the blame? God. It's crucial, listeners, we get to know who Jesus is. A time of trouble is coming, and it's time to hold on to the hands of Jesus. If we don't know who he is, we have no hope. If we don't know who he is when the fiery trials and these end times come, many will give up and no longer walk with Jesus Christ. Today, listeners, I want to share a few points of so many on the mighty God we serve. Before I do, I want to share a couple quotes 
for thought. The Savior has not promised his followers the luxuries of the world. Their fare may be plain and even scanty. Their lot may be shut in by poverty, but his word is pledged that their need shall be supplied. And he has promised that which is far better than worldly good, the abiding comfort of his presence. And in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. He, Jesus, is to be with us, not only at the beginning and the end of our course, but at every step of the way. Words cannot describe the peace and joy possessed by him who takes God at his word. God's word is truthlessness. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So trials should not disturb us. Slights should not vex us. Self must be crucified. Day by day, your duties may become more taxing. Temptation stronger. Trials more severe. But we must not falter. For we shall receive strength equal to our need, listeners. Do you know Jesus? You can do nothing in your own strength, but in the strength of Jesus, you can do all things. It is obstacles, listeners, that makes us strong. It is difficulties, conflicts, rebuffs that make men of moral sinew. Too much ease and avoiding responsibility have made weaklings and dwarfs of those who ought to be responsible men of moral power and strong spiritual muscle. It's time, listeners, to lace up our boots and put on all the armor of God because Satan is going to bring it to each and every one of us. And will we be ready? And do you know who Jesus is? Let's journey to the book of Job, chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. The living word says, Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also a mugging to present himself before the Lord. Now right here we see clearly, when we go to the house of the Lord, Satan and his angels is there. He won't allow you to serve God in peace, listeners. That is why we must know who God is and have our armor on. His goal is to distract and to disconnect us from the heavenly source. Anytime, anywhere, we come to present ourselves before the Lord, know the enemy is there. Verse 2, And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, 
that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Look at the words of Satan in Job chapter 1 verses 9 to 10. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for north? Has not thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he had on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand, and his substance is increased in the land. Wow. Anyone who wants to know who God is and who Satan is, all you have to do, listeners, is turn to the book of Job and read chapters 1 and 2. You will see for yourself. Satan well knows God's love. He knows God loves each and every one of us and protects his people and blesses us and prospers us. It is Satan, listeners, who is the author of evil. In Psalm 121, verse 2, the Bible says, My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Do you know Jesus? Verses 3 to 5, the Bible says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. What a loving God we serve, listeners. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, God is watching over us. We must look up to our Savior, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 15, verses 13 to 14, the living word says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man, Lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Now let's be real, listeners. A genuine friend of anyone, does he or she not want the best for you at all times? Here we have the creator of the world and us calling us his friend if we obey him. We serve a loving God. Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 45, He maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. God loves every single one of us listeners, even those that don't obey him and reject him. Jesus died for us all and wants to take us all home at his second coming, but we must accept his gift and obey him. And in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Wow. Before any of us were born, we were on the mind of God. Not only that, before we came out of the womb, God placed a special calling on each and every one of our lives. And in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, the Bible says, 
For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God wants nothing but the best for all of us. And in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10, the Bible says, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have thee in furnace, I have thee in the furnace of affliction. God's children are always being tested in the furnace of affliction. And in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, it tells us, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. If we endure the first trial, it is not necessary for us to pass through a similar ordeal the second time. But if we fail, the trial is brought to us again and again, each time being still more trying and severe. Thus, after opportunity after opportunity is placed before us of gaining the victory and proving ourselves true to God. But if we continue to manifest rebellion, God is compelled at last to remove his spirit from us. Sorrow and trial must come to all and is beautiful only as it works to polish, to sanctify, and to refine the soul as a fit instrument to do service for the Lord. In Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, it tells us God is not a man that should lie. God is faithful. And true. I want to close with this, listeners, in the book of Jonah, chapter 3. I'll read verses 1 to 10, and also Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city. And preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast Herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not.
Now let's go to Jonah chapter 4 and take a look at verses 1 and 2. The living word says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my sin when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. And as I read this, listeners, it just made me reflect. This man was angry at God for being merciful towards his creation. It can't get any plainer than that, listeners. All over the word of God, it plainly shows that our God is love. And that's why God, listeners, wants to put us through the fire to purify us because sin cannot rise a second time in the kingdom of heaven. God allows evil and all these calamities to come that we may see and understand the great controversy, listeners. Satan is the wicked one. God is the just and righteous one. Take heed, listeners. Do not allow the enemy to block your mind. It is Satan that is misrepresenting the character of God. Let us take heed. Let us take heed. Jesus Christ loves each and every one of us, listeners. God is true. God is true. His living word is true. Final scripture. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, the living word says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. This is the living word. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your words of hope, for your words of life. Thank you, God, for your blessings you give us each day. Please, Lord, be with each and every one of us. And I pray, Lord, in a very special way for each and every one listening, Lord. I pray that you would help them to see your love in ways they've never seen before. I pray, Lord, you would shower them with your love. Please, God, help us. Please, God, help us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you once again, listeners, and I hope that you were blessed. And to re-listen to this presentation or any past presentation, you can do so at skyangelsradio.com in the podcast section. This is The Living Word. And before I go, listeners, I just want to leave this with you. In Psalm 93, verses 17 and 18. The Bible says, 
unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slipped, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. God is good all the time.